Hey everybody, welcome to a very special episode of Biz Dads. This will not be your normal Biz Dads episode. Andres and I have spent a lot of time watching over the last week and felt it was appropriate to take a minute to talk about all that's going on in our world, to spend some time sharing our emotions, sharing our feelings, sharing how we're handling it with our kids, our work, our colleagues, etc., and just wanted to give you guys this insight into uh, our world. Hopefully it'll help. Here's this episode of Biz Dads. So Andres, it's been a pretty crazy and emotional week. I've had a hard time emotionally, just with the ups and downs of everything going on. And I figured it was appropriate for us to just talk a little bit about what's happening and to just, you know discuss how change is needed, to share our views on how things are being handled, and to just draw attention and to speak up. Because as we've talked about, um, and a lot of people have talked about, silence is uh, is what can make you complicit. And uh, I think it's time that you know everybody gets a chance to speak up, especially as a white guy who has uh, been able to live a pretty fantastic life. And uh, you raising a you know a multiracial family that that are a mixed race fam- family that um, you know there's a lot of hard conversations that need to be had. So how are you feeling this week? Hey Brad, what's up? Yeah, I think you said it. I mean, it's been a emotional week. I I was gonna throw it right back to you by saying, well, how are you feeling? Because I think one thing that I've taken away in the last week watching the images from TV, talking to people, talking to my colleagues, talking to my neighbors is there is a lot of emotion. It's a, it's a, it has definitely been a roller coaster week for not only the African-American community, the black community, but just I think this one has this whole experience since George Floyd's death has obviously um, gone to a level that unfortunately uh, I don't think anybody could have could have predicted. And it's, you know, I think unfortunately lost in a lot of it is that someone's lost their life. And now the news and the, the media imagery when you turn on TV is like there's curfews. My phone's going off at night. We're seeing, you know, police in the streets. You're seeing the National Guard called out. It's just a lot to process on top of everything that the country has been going through in the last two months with COVID-19 and all the economic challenges. So again, I was going to throw it right back to you and just say, how, how are you doing? How's your mental state? How, how's your family? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, for you know, for me, it's been oddly emotional. I'm not one. Uh, let me put it this way: I'm a big believer in balance. I'm a big believer in taking information and processing it myself and determining you know where I I land on certain issues, but trying to find a balance, trying to understand and appreciate all sides and the information coming from all sides. And I've done that this week. I don't normally get very emotional about situations unless it has to do with, you know, my family or, you know, things that are close to me. But this has been a tough one. I mean, Friday night, we had this Norman Rockwell evening where we were at the ball field, the kids were playing, the wives were chatting, the husbands were, you know, playing with the guy with the boys and and we grabbed a pizza and we went back to a friend's house and we, you know, social distanced but had pizza and the kids ran around and rode their bikes. And I come home and I realize that I turn on the news that the, you know, a place that I had built and been a part of, you know, was being just 
decimated with rioting. Um, for those of you that don't know, I spent a lot of time building the College Football Hall of Fame with an amazing team. That place is in great hands right now with, with great leadership who are going to get them through this. But, you know, here in Atlanta, the rioting that uh, was taking place on Friday night hit me pretty hard. And I continued to watch over the weekend. I continued to watch how friends' restaurants um, were devastated um, by the rioting. I watched how our mayor stepped up and truly showed incredible signs of leadership. Uh, our mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms of Atlanta. I went down there today and uh, had to go to my office, which is downtown, and drove by the boarded up structures of you know my friends' restaurants who have worked so hard to build you know incredible uh, restaurants for for people to enjoy while they're in town and this attraction that had my blood sweat tears and emotions all wrapped into it boarded up and you know for me it was hard to justify all of that and I think it'd be hard for anybody to justify all of that riding but I'll, I'll leave this point I want your thoughts Andres I agree 100% with people taking to the streets and protesting. I agree that voices need to be heard. I agree that it is time for all of us to listen. But those that are trying to get their message across have to do it in a way that is as peaceful as possible, as is as impactful as possible, and doesn't work you know, to oppose their ultimate mission and create more of a divide. And I have a hard time with the rioting and the looting because that is um, not what those that have come before our generations to work for equality wanted to happen. Um, that is not what is going to get the point across. And, you know, that rioting and looting is tough to watch. And I think over the last few days, a lot of people have actually realized that Everybody needs to listen on both sides and that ultimately the people who want to get that message across, the people that really want to have their voices heard are not the ones causing that trouble. And ultimately they are trying to stop the ones that are because they understand the challenge and the divide that it creates. So look, I mean, it was a long winded way of saying it was a very emotional week. Um, I think there's a lot of different things for us to talk about this week, but uh, how are you feeling? How, how have you handled all this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I uh, no, I thought as you were talking and I'm listening, I, I thought a lot about the way your Friday night started. It probably started how you want your summer Friday nights to start, right? Absolutely. You're with your family, you're with your kids, you're visiting friends. Yeah, I mean, obviously there, there was a lot of emotion. And for me, you know, look, this, this has been happening for hundreds of years, right? And And now in the last, I don't know, five, 10 years, we're seeing just the horrific imagery, right? Captured typically through cell phones or body cameras, these incidents, you know, and um, this for me struck a little deeper. And I, I, I want to tell you guys why. First of all, you know, my, my sister and her husband who live in Kansas, they adopted a little boy from Atlanta. He's African-American as I watched that video and I thought about him and I thought about her and then the rioting started and the looting started, I kept coming back to him and I kept thinking about, you know, he's, he's going to be two years old this week <laughs> and, and what kind of world, you know, this, this, this young man, this boy is going to come up in and just what a 
just what a responsibility, you know, my sister and, and her husband, Brian, now have, you know, to try to help him navigate this. That was something that came to mind. Um, then from there, this is the first time that, you know, my wife has had, you know, and we've talked about, unfortunately, these incidents that have happened in the past, but this is the first time that I've, I've seen her just emotional um, to the point of, you know, tears and difficult just watching and processing what's happening. You know, for me, it, it probably on Sunday night is when I just felt like I needed to do something. I felt like I needed to say something. I work at a, a small firm, uh, about 20 employees. One of the things that I love about where I work is that it's, it is Atlanta. It, it's, uh, it's incredibly representative of Atlanta in so many ways. Um, we, we have, you know, a, a great mix of men and women. We have an awesome mix of, of folks from different races and ethnic backgrounds, myself included. We have people that are not from the U.S., you know, and so it's truly global. It's truly diverse. And I was thinking about my colleagues, especially my black colleagues, and I'm like, I, I can't imagine if I'm feeling this way, how they're feeling. That was the beginning. And, and for me, what I've done over the last, you know, two, three days is really just try to talk to people, whether my neighbors, uh, my colleagues, unpacking this, man, it, it's, uh, it's hard. It's a lot. It's, you've got, you've got your own emotions. You've got the emotions of, of your family. We've got little kids, you and I, and many of our listeners have little kids. And so trying to explain to them, you know, why this, why this man, George Floyd, you know, was, was, was murdered as the news is coming out. And then everything that's happened in the last week since last Monday, man, that's a lot. And, you know, leadership, as we've talked about in prior episodes, it's, um, it's so critical. You know, this isn't a political show, so, so I'm not going to go political, but, but I just think to your point about, you know, the response, sometimes the response, the media captures the response more than they do the original story. And I don't know where this goes, but I do know that this is different. You have rioting and protesting and looting happening in cities all over the country. And I don't, I don't know where it goes. I know that the younger generation, this feels like the first time, you know, folks in their, their late teens, early 20s, it feels like, and I could be wrong, but it feels like this is the first time that they've really taken to the streets in, in a way that, you know, I wasn't around, but in, you know, you saw back in the 60s right. with the civil rights movement. I think all of us are probably going to spend the next, you know, days and weeks trying to figure out how to put this all into context. You know, one of the things that, that the kids' church where they go to school, the church, uh, Smyrna First United Methodist, one of the things that they talk about is, you know, loving the person in front of you. You know, we all, we oftentimes want to come up with solutions to big problems. And, and in the process of doing that, you know, we, we often overlook the person that's right in front of us. And for me, kind of how I've sort of started to process this is just reaching out to people that I work with, reaching out to my neighbors, you know, checking in on them. There'll be a time and a place to try to, you know, participate in the bigger conversation and the bigger solution. But for the purposes of trying to explain this, you know, and make sense of it for myself, it's been, you know, who can I reach out to that I believe is probably hurting right now and is probably dealing with 
a range of emotions that are probably even more raw than mine. And that's, that's what I've tried to do. Yeah. You know, I think, um, it does feel like real change is possible. I won't say it's happening, but it feels like it's possible. It feels like more and more people of all walks of life have stepped up and spoken out. Today is we record on a Tuesday and we will release this on a Wednesday, but today is Blackout Tuesday that the Recording Academy and the music industry, the entertainment industry is using as a sign of unity, which I totally agree with. I mean, I cannot say more clearly how I disagree um, and how upset I am about the murder of George Floyd and all of those senseless acts uh, that have happened. And it's really time for all of us to, to speak out. You know, in our world, the sports world has obviously had a crazy couple of months, Andres. And you saw today that several organizations over the last couple of days, several organizations, owners, athletes have come out and spoken up. And I used to be one who thought because you had influence doesn't mean you needed to put your political views out there. I have a, a legendary conversation with a great friend of ours talking about Eddie Vedder and his political views going back, you know, 10 years ago when he spoke up because of a microphone in front of his face. And we, we joke about it because that was what brought us together Two two very different people brought me and another friend and, and, and couples together. And I love them and I love, you know, everything that they stand for. But it made me think about that conversation because it is important to speak up. It is important to use influence for change. I'm also one of those guys who believes that whoever sits in the office of the president should be supported once he's there. Regardless of who you voted for, I think we as a country need to get behind that that institution. And for the first time, I think it's so much bigger than just that in, that person. That person is is now whether you whether you believe it or not, whether you believe he's in the way, whether you believe he's doing the right thing, it doesn't matter because we've talked about this show is not going to get political. But what does matter is that it's become bigger than everyone else and that everyone needs to stand up and everyone needs to speak out. To me, sports is and should be the number one area culture of equality because it is multiple socioeconomic, racial you know, groups coming together to, for a common goal. And that common goal is to win games. That goal is to entertain fans. What better people to speak to issues like this than athletes? We don't need to idolize athletes. We don't need to be, they don't need to be role models necessarily, but, but they have voices that need to be heard. And I remember going to school in Kentucky. I went to school in, in Appalachia, you know, Eastern Kentucky, which is probably still one of the most remote parts of the world. And I showed up and was playing alongside kids that had never even seen a black person in their hometown. And I was playing alongside kids that had come from inner city Pittsburgh and inner city Washington, D.C. And you know what? Every single one of us worked in unison for the common good. We probably didn't always see eye to eye and we didn't always hang out together, but the job that needed to be accomplished was accomplished by that team. We truly became a team. And that's what I think we need to do as a society and sports can help us with that. And those sports leaders and those, you know, those owners of teams who rely on athletes of all walks of life 
need to speak up. Their voices need to be heard by everybody. We really need leaders, as we've talked about, to come together that makes enough noise to where an individual that sits in the Oval Office can't ignore, that Congress and the Senate can't, you know, the overall can't ignore, that we focus on what's going to actually happen and how do we lead more of a of a society based around empathy and understanding and appreciation. You know, I'm, I'm rambling, Andres, because I have so many emotions and, and so much thought about how everybody needs to speak up and how we need to find a way for change, right? This conversation has happened in bits and pieces for the better part of, of 60 years. You know, it feels different this time, but it's got to be different. It's got to be yeah. different. Yeah, look, I mean, I think uh, if, if people were asking advice of, of me, <laughs> I again, I, I think the one thing that you, you I think you can do right now is I think you can step back and instead of having the perfect tweet or the perfect post or, you know, the, the perfect uh, handwritten note is just, you know, looking at somebody who's who's different than you. If they're black, if they're not black, you know, maybe they're brown, you know, maybe they're maybe they're Asian maybe they're gay, and just acknowledgement. I mean, literally, just the simple act of making them feel visible, to me, is something very simple and, and basic. And that's some of the things that, you know, I think I mentioned my, my nephew, and one of the reasons why this last week has hit home so much harder, one, is I have, you know, a black nephew. And... I look at it as a huge responsibility to help my sister and her husband to give him all sides of his culture and, and his ethnicity, not, not just what my family has, but, but his roots. And so that's, that's part of it. The other part of it is, you know, the neighborhood I live in, Brad, you and I both live in Smyrna. Smyrna is an incredibly diverse, you know, community within Atlanta or around Atlanta. And that makes it great. Yep. And that makes it great, right? I mean, 30, 35% of the kids at, at our you know, public elementary school, probably yours, are, are African-American. One of the things that hit home about this on top of my nephew was the fact that there's three black families in the 14 homes that make up our subdivision. And I would say the kids that you know my kids play with the most, to the left and to the right, are black families. And um, that's not how I grew up. And you know what? It's it's a beautiful thing. And to see the kids outside playing amidst all of this that's been happening over the last week. And there's they're they're th- four or five, six, seven years, eight years. They're totally um, in a way oblivious to it is, you know, sort of a I think a vision of what probably Dr. King had. Right. That, Absolutely. That that is that is where we want to be. And we're not there. And I'm not suggesting that we're we're there. But. Those are the two things that have stuck out for me that have probably made this, you know, just more difficult to think about. And so for me, it's been, you know, just trying to find simple ways to to reach out to people who are black and acknowledge, you know, the elephant in the room and speak up and say, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I can't imagine the the rage, the, the anger, the frustration, the disappointment, the sadness, the resignation that might be going on in, in their minds. But um, but I feel like that's something I, I got to do. I have never in my life, um, until yesterday, you know, use LinkedIn 
the business platform, if you will, for networking as a platform for sharing my personal opinions. I've always used it as a way to connect with people, the networking, you know, events I'm attending, things, you know, reacting to news. And yesterday I just said, look, to myself and and I was like, I'm not going to wrestle over what to say. I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. And it was that I thought Dwayne Casey from the Detroit Pistons, the head coach, we talked about this in kind of our pre-show. I thought what he he said resonated a lot. And it, it, the notion was about real change, not change. You know, it's it's easy to say we got to change. We got to be better. But real change, you know, we, we got to look for where there's systemic societal injustice economically, racially, and there needs to be a real reckoning. And I feel like all of the things that we're seeing play out, it's too early to tell, but I do feel like this does feel different. But I thought what he said about real change is, is needed was spot on. So I, you know, I made it clear. I mean, I stand in solidarity with, you know, with, with the black community in that, you know, we have got to all do our part to end injustice and racism. And we've got to find ways. I mean, I work in the finance and investment industry and we have historically been very poor. You know, you talk about the sports industry and the entertainment industry where you where you make your living, Brad. The investment industry's been making efforts to become more diverse and making efforts to be more inclusive, but we're way behind. And, you know, I'm noticing more brands coming out, more companies coming out that I didn't notice before now saying like, you're right. We're going to take a stand. You know, we need to, we need to say something. Now, does it translate into change? We're, we all got to be optimistic. I'm not going to take the opposite view and say, oh, you know, well, they're just doing this for PR and branding purposes. Like, I think there's enough stakeholders within these organizations now that will call that bullshit out. That if you're going to make a position and take a position, like you're going to have to follow through and come up with kind of a a detailed plan on what you're going to do, and then you got to execute against it because there's a lot of people watching. No, I think you're you're dead on with the brands, the brands, the 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 athletes, the 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 TV personalities, the entertainers, all of those people that are speaking up makes this feel uh, again makes it feel different and, and gives hope. I think gives gives me hope that real change can happen. I think. You know, the hardest part right now we have to do, we have to take responsibility in, in two ways. This show is about being dads, a lot of it, right? And it's about yep. being professionals. And, you know, I had a conversation with our staff yesterday. Twist is, you know, a, a millennial at the lower end of the millennial generation and will be able to create real change. Our kids are going to be able to create real change. And, you know, having an eight and a six-year-old, Andres, I really believe that in their hearts, they don't see color. Um, Their friends are all across the gamut because of what you said is beautiful, diverse community that we live in. And I talk to them about being kind. I talk to them about understanding that other people aren't always going through the same things that you see on the surface, that, that there are people deal with stuff. And regardless of that, you have to be kind. You have to be appreciative, understanding, and kind. And I spent a lot of time talking to my boys about that because it's hard for a young kid to be kind all the time when someone takes your toys, when someone calls you a name. You know, racism is taught. It is not learned. It is not something that 
you are born with. It is learned. And something that can be learned can be unlearned. We as parents have to eliminate any chance that they learn that there is a difference between a white man, a black man, an Asian, Hispanic, you name it. And that is what our responsibility as dads, our you know, our role as leaders in our small circles, that is our responsibility to continue to teach our kids that there is no room, there is no place for that behavior, for those feelings, for that emotion, that hate in any form is not acceptable. There are some amazing leaders out there who, you know, are helping to deliver that message, but it doesn't change unless we change it as the Gen Xers that we help the millennials understand it in a professional setting, that we help our kids understand it in a Gen Z and beyond setting that, that, that generationally, that's the only way racism is eliminated is that we have gen- generational change. And our role is to sit down and talk with our kids. You know, I applaud what you have done to go speak to your neighbors. Candidly, I have not done that. I have been emotional in how to handle it. And is it my place to step up and to, and, you know, believe that someone because they're black is needs to hear from me? I've decided not to do that. That doesn't mean I don't want to. doesn't mean I, I won't. It just means right now four or five days in, I have not. I'm very proud of my brother who to spoke up and gave a very thoughtful and meaningful post on his social media feed. I have been more impressed with the use of social media on all platforms over the last few days than I ever have. And I'm, I'm usually one that speaks up pretty heavily about how social media is probably going to be the downfall of our society. But two things have come of that. One, you learn about the injustice that was created because as, as a lot of people have said now in the black community, racism isn't getting worse, it's getting filmed and it's being posted on social media. And on top of that, you have these movements and you have this platform for people to speak out so that they can be heard, so that they can share their thoughts, so that they can sympathize with others. And that's what it's intended for. It's not intended in my opinion it doesn't need to be a place where people bash others it doesn't need to be a place where people share negative opinions it needs to be a place of positivity it needs to be an area where people can can laugh and can celebrate and can share in a positive way and i hope over the terrible last three months that we've had i hope that we as a society see this these terrible acts and this horrible virus and all of these things that have happened and realize that if we don't start paying more attention to our neighbor, we don't pay more attention to our brothers and sisters as God calls them, regardless of their, their race, that there's a lot more bad shit coming. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's take the signs and make the change. Right. Well said. I, uh, yeah, I've just got three final points and, uh, and I'll try to make them, make them short. Uh, this is a really important issue and, you know, we, we could obviously continue to discuss it for hours and hours, but the final three points that I want to make first and foremost is again, I I think, you know, the thing that I'm going to try to reinforce to my kids and, you know, we're going to continue to try to work on as a family is just trying to love the person right in front of us. That's a notion. That's an idea that, again, I I give credit to where 
you know, the, the kids went to preschool, Smyrna First, United Methodist. I give them a ton of credit because talking about race and talking about injustice and talking about the, the really pressing important issues that people are in the streets very angry about is not comfortable. It's not it's not easy, but we have to do that. And he did that on Sunday. And, and again, I think the takeaway is just trying to find ways to show compassion, show grace, show empathy, try to understand the perspective and the life experiences and the feelings and emotions that that people who aren't from your neighborhood, who aren't where you grew up, where you went to school, where you went to college, where you work, what kind of car you drive, you know, how you wear your hair, like all those things, just just recognizing them, I think is is something that we're going to continue to try to do. The second thing is, man, I can't help but think, how the hell does Colin Kaepernick feel, right? I mean, I mean, it's just amazing. Like, I, I my takeaway for him and, and that is, I just think sometimes, you know, again, whether you were against and for some of the things that he did in terms of kneeling for the national anthem, I mean, I'm as American as they come, man. And, and that was a tough, tough thing to watch. But what I think uh, agreed. he was trying to do is I think he was trying to find a way to bring attention to a really, really important issue, which is racism and, and injustice and police brutality. And he chose to do that through the platform that he had, which was, you know, national football. And I think he was just way ahead of his time, man. Like how, I don't know when sports resume, man. They've already kind of started. But to think that Jalen Brown from the Celtics driving 15 hours down to participate in a protest, you know, you saw Trey Young from the Atlanta Hawks back in Oklahoma City. To think that these guys are not gonna continue to use their platform and, and their positions uh, and you mentioned it, you know, celebrities and others on social media to think that that that's not going to continue is crazy. And I think that athletes, even Jordan, we just covered him for the last five or six weeks. Even he came out and said, we got to continue to work on this stuff. And that's the first time I remember ever hearing Jordan make comments. On, I think you're on, right. On, yeah, I mean, you, so, you know, one quick they, thing, one quick thing on that. I'm sorry to interrupt you because I know you have a yeah. third point, but I want to address it because I agree that there are right ways and wrong ways for, for people's voices to be heard. And yeah. Kaepernick, regardless of what side of the conversation you were on with Kaepernick, his actions were were not perceived correctly by one half and probably overemphasized by others. And at the end of the day, the voice, the message, the delivery is important. We've talked a lot about that in, yeah. in, from a business standpoint. The delivery is important. I just pray that everyone thinks about multiple implications that come from their actions and that they use their influence for good and they use the right tactics to deliver that message because it can be very, very impactful. I celebrate the boys in blue. Our officers you know, give their lives um, every day. We cannot live in an unjust society where there are no police. But I think it was Chris Rock who basically said, you can't have bad apples when you are a police officer you, in, in the police force. There are some professions where there cannot be bad apples. And it is the responsibility of leaders like our police chief here in Atlanta who has led incredibly throughout all of this that eliminates those bad apples so that on both sides there is not fear from a black man being pulled over by the police. There is not fear 
the person wearing a badge that they're going to be addressed in a dangerous way by someone. And I hope that that balance can continue and that those messages and those protests are done peacefully and tactfully. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, no. Well, well said. Look, I, I agree with you a hundred percent in terms of our, our first responders, our people in uniform. I mean, the looting and the violence. And I mean, what's sad is, you know, there's, there's been at least, and I mean, as of last night, there's been five or six people killed, you know, since George Floyd, Yep. as a result of all the rioting and protesting, I don't want to just say it's all rioting because there's a lot of peaceful protesting happening. There was a beautiful peaceful protest in Denver that if you haven't seen it, I'd encourage you to go out to YouTube and, and look it up. I think it took place on Sunday afternoon. And I thought LeBron James's comment was spot on. He's like, why isn't the media covering these types of peaceful protests? And it's because what sells, what gets eyeballs, what gets viewers is watching cars burn, watching you know, yeah. uh, firecrackers go up, you know, watching police in riot gear, all of that. So it's a whole nother episode. It's a whole nother episode, right? Um, look, my last point just comes back down to, you know, this is a a business show and it's, it's a parenting show. And I think it comes back down to, you know, just kind of hitting home. I mean, we're, you know, we, we've got to continue to try to make sense of this as dads, as husbands, as, as leaders, as coaches, you know, we, we don't have small responsibilities, right? So the other thing that, that I've taken away from this is you, you may not have the, the perfect thing to say. You may not have the perfect thing to post. You may not have the perfect way to capture your feelings. Um, but I, but I, I believe one of the things that we've tried to do, um, and right, right or wrong, I mean, it's not better than the, ne- the next family, and you're, you're processing emotions at, at the pace, and that's appropriate. Like, you have to do it on your, your thing. But I, I think you have an opportunity to teach in this moment. Now, how you teach and what you teach, to your point, is a matter of your, your perspective, your values, your opinion. For me, one of the things that you can do is use this moment. And I thought, and I give credit to Heidi, my wife, because she kept saying, like, you need to watch Big Mike. You need to watch, you know, Big Mike, rapper here in Atlanta. And and I, I finally went on and I watched his YouTube press conference. And you talked about our great leadership of Mayor Bottoms and, and our, our police chief. And, and he came on, I think it was Sunday or Monday, and talked about, you know, please stay at home. Please don't come out and, and riot. And yeah, it was Friday night. Yeah. And, and, you know, the idea of plot, plan, strategize, organize and mobilize, man. And the way that he kept saying that over and over and over, I just thought, you know, that that's what we all want to hear at the end of the day. I mean, talking to our kids about, you know, you have a goal, you have something that you want to accomplish. You got to develop a plan. You got to organize yourself. You got to you got to put a strategy together and then you got to go, you know, mobilize. And and I see that mentality being easy to talk about right now. And, and say this on a show, it's damn hard when you start running into resistance um, and, and life starts to happen again. And so I just hope that we use this moment to teach and to mobilize and to organize and to go forward and love the person in front of us and show compassion. So yeah. uh, Great thoughts. It, yeah, it's, it's been a tough week, man. And, and uh, we'll get back to our regular programming, I mean, soon enough. But uh, I, think, I think just us talking about this is important and uh, acknowledging it. Hopefully the four people outside of us that listen to this thing can appreciate us taking the time to do this because it's important for both of us. It's been emotional for both of us, Andres. And I think I want to leave everybody with some quick things. One, don't forget about the golden rule. Treat others the way that you wanted to be treated. 
teach your kids, teach your friends. And if every single one of us can influence our small circle, imagine the systemic change that can take place. And as Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. Make that a very positive change. Thanks, Biz Dads, for listening. We hope you guys stay safe. Love everybody. And be careful out there. Share your voice. Share your voice.